Welcome to another episode of the Shredder Show podcast and today I'm going to go through my top 10 secrets of fat loss. So this is going to be a two-part series. It's going to be part one with 10 secrets and then there's going to be part two with another 10 secrets. So we're going to go through secret things you haven't thought about when it comes to building muscle, shredding fat and now we're into it. So secret number one is the power of evidence-based nutrition. Now if we think about how fat loss actually works and how science really works, Human beings are very, very difficult to put in studies for a couple of reasons. Reason number one is we have so many external factors going on in our life to try and get someone to do like a clinical study in terms of you have to eat two grams of protein, you have to work out these three times a week and to try and get them to follow that religiously is nigh on impossible. So this is why studies sometimes can't be 100% accurate because we don't know if the data coming into the study is 100% accurate unless you literally almost had someone locked in a cell who was just working out for like 12 weeks. They weren't allowed to leave. They were given all their food, they're forced to sleep. That wouldn't really be allowed to be done, let's be honest. Um, so that's why that doesn't obviously really work and it's not as, as um, maybe accurate as it could be in some respects. So this is something that has a very negative effect in terms of how accurate studies often are. However, we have a couple of tools at our disposal can help make things a little bit more accurate. Now, obviously one of the things we look at in terms of studies for say comparing to humans is something like rat studies and looking at animal studies because we can obviously control their environment a lot more in a clinical setting which gives us a lot more evidence in terms of what actually works within like within sorry what actually works in terms of nutrition so this is really important uh, another tool available to researchers is what's called meta-analysis which is essentially a study of studies where they'll get like a group of studies and they'll study all the studies and see essentially what happens but that doesn't quite get us off the hook from knowing like good science from bad because studies can always be spun a certain way depending on who's put on them and how they're trying to get certain results. And then obviously, unless the study's done at mass scale, there's obviously going to be a lot of genetic uniformity in terms of individuals with huge amounts of uh, genetic potential who maybe get a lot more progress than others that can throw things out, which is why studies and research only really works when it tends to be at big sales, to be honest with you. So that's something that's very important to be aware of. Secret number two, it's the importance of protein. Now, protein is the king macronutrient that most people don't understand. So, firstly, protein is very satieting, uh, makes you feel fuller for longer, and it has a much greater extent than that than carbohydrates or fats. Secondly, protein is the most uh, metabolically expensive food we eat, taking up to 30% of the energy it gives for us to digest, absorb, and metabolize, which means if you're going to overeat on any macronutrient in a cheat meal, protein is going to be the best one for you to eat in that respect. And lastly, protein helps us also uh, protect our lean body mass uh, so keep the, pre the muscle tissue we have, in particular when we're focusing on a weight loss phase. Because obviously when you're on a f weight loss phase, we're going to be going to like a catabolic situation where you're going to be in a calorie deficit. So it's very important to make sure your protein intake is, is key. Uh, typically in terms of targets of uh, how much protein I recommend you have, I recommend you have between 2.2 and 3 grams of protein per kilogram of lean body mass. And that's really, really important. The thing you have to think about is there's two other factors that come involved with this, which can have uh, variances. So factor number one, the greater the deficit you are in terms of calories, in terms of fat loss, probably the higher your percentage of protein is going to need to be to protect the effects of aggressive calorie deficits, aggressive dieting to protect fat loss. Factor t number two, which a lot of people don't realize, is that as we age, our ability to synthesize new protein declines. This, increase, this increases our need for new protein um, as we age. So if you want similar muscle levels of uh, protein synthesis, 
you're going to want to increase the amount of protein you're taking in. So a good rule of thumb is to increase protein requirements by 1% per year of age for anyone over the 40, age of 40. So for someone who's 50, you might increase their protein intake by above 10% what you would already set for it, for example, with a client. Um, and when it comes to protein timing, like all the studies and all my personal experience suggests, you're best off splitting the protein between three to five high quality meals per day, not just throwing it into two big meals a day because if you do that, you're missing multiple opportunities throughout the day where you could be optimizing muscle protein synthesis, which is very, very important. Secret number three, this is something I talk about all the time, why carbs aren't the enemy. Now, having a basic understanding of carbohydrate metabolism can help you cut through a lot of this bullshit. So many potential clients, when they come to me, have very interesting views on carbs based upon television, uh, media, whatever some twat on Instagram has put up. Um, and the thing is, you have to think about this, you, your body needs carbohydrates. Sugar isn't a poison. Like a lot of people think sugar is a poison. Sugar is very, very important. So if sugar is a poison, why does your body convert every single, convert every single gram of carbohydrate you consume into a sugar? The answer is simply, your body requires a certain amount of glucose to function. That's right, glucose and sugar is non-negotiable. You actually need this to live. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, but carbs are only non-essential macronutrient, and you'd be right, essentially you don't. However, your, your body is very quick to adapt in terms of zero carbohydrate intake, in terms of being able to proceed via things like glucogenesis, which is a, the process of converting uh, protein into carbohydrates to then like, break that down into glucose. Um, so that's something we really have to be very, very aware of is that we need to have carbohydrates in our diet. It's very, very important. Uh, and it turns out also that your liver, liver can actually like transfer up to five grams of glucose per hour from protein. So that's 120 grams a day. And it's a very good thing as human beings as we actually need 100 grams of glucose per day just to function and be alive. So something for you to think about when you're thinking that carbs and sugar are the devil because it's very, very important that we get this right the other thing people say is that you need to be on a ketogenic diet in terms of actually losing fat. Now, this is the biggest lunch of BS in the world. So you can be on a ketogenic diet and be able to sprint, do sprints and work out and do all these things. However, it's not going to be optimal. You're going to hit a wall a lot quicker, which is going to cause a lot of problems. So things we want to think about when it comes to training and maximizing performance, we want to be able to push our bodies as hard as we can to improve the amount of weights we can lift, the amount of reps we can do and how hard we can perform. And that's how we do this. And carbs aren't magic either. An excess, an excess of glucose and carbohydrates will spill over into fat storage. Like carbs are simply like a tool we have in the toolbox to use. And as like we're working with my clients, what we do is we master these tools we use so they can do amazing things for you. And like let the tools master you and you just need to master yourself. That's literally all you have to do. So secret number four, dietary fat myths. So just like carbohydrates, you shouldn't fear fats. Fats are essential in terms of how our bodies actually work. And it turns out fats are essential to several bodily functions. Without fats, cell membranes would not be able to maintain their integrity. Fat is also vital to creating um, many hormones, protecting our endocrine system. And top of the human brain is actually made of 60% fat. So those are probably pretty good reasons why we need to be consuming fats in our diet. You're going to see a common theme here of why we have all these macronutrients. Our body is incredibly intelligent. We don't even know how it really works yet, to be honest with you. Like, we can put a man on the moon, but we don't understand all the functions or processes within the body yet. But one thing we do understand is we need all three carbohydrates, three, all three macronutrients of proteins, 
fats and carbohydrates because our body's designed that way. So this is really, really important. So one of the things you see a lot of people get confused about with fat is that um, fats can, for example, cause a lot of issues in terms of having to take carbs and fats away from meals. And there is some truth to this and there is some not truth in this. And the thinking that goes with it is if we control insulin while the body's exposed to fat, our adipose tissue won't be triggered to store the fat as it seems re like reasonable on the surface. But it falls apart when you look at how like the metabolism actually works. So let's consider an extreme example. Let's say you eat 100% of your carbs and fats per day in one sitting. Theoretically, you should store the fat and adipose tissue that you're consuming because you're spiking insulin by taking the carbs up. You'll store more fat, but this is not the end of the metabolic story in terms of how that actually works. So the idea that you shouldn't eat carbs and fats simultaneously leads to another myth that if taken seriously can pretty much disastrously lead to anyone looking who's looking to lose fat and cause you not to lose weight. So many people believe that you can't store fat if you trigger insulin release, which is the biggest like lie in the world. And it's not hard to see how many people come to this conclusion regarding like insulin and the energy storage uh, signaling hormone. Now, if you put insulin and free fatty acids together and adipose tissue together, the adipose is gonna take up and store quite a bit of fatty acids. The problem with this idea is that it comes to the storage of function of insulin too far. So just because insulin can accelerate fatty acid storage into adipose tissue under the right circumstances doesn't mean that you can't store fat in its absence. So it's like trying to like people try and overcomplicate these things way too much sometimes and try and take the science into too much context when you have to remember the most important thing overall is the amount of calories and carbs you're taking in and not that if you don't eat these two things together you can't store body fat or you will store body fat. Your body can still store fat even if your carb intake is zero. It doesn't require insulin in order to, to be able to deposit body fat into adipose tissue. Many people who really believe the ketogenic diet is the best way to lose fat get caught up in this bullshit that uh, if it if you keep insulin like insulin levels low, sorry, blood sugar levels down low, insulin levels down low, then you won't actually be able to um, to store body fat and you'll be in a constant fat burning zone and it doesn't work. Like that is the biggest lie. That, that, that essentially is it. So fat isn't evil, you need to survive, but it isn't magical either. It's not gonna take you through um, onto a winter wonderland of Shredsville, so that's something else to think about. Now, secret number five, uh, misconceptions about fiber. Fiber is typically a type of carbohydrate that says uh, it's, it's vital in terms of human metabolism. So there are two types of fiber we have. We have soluble fiber, which dissolves in water and benefits human health by burning like, to cholesterol as it travels through the gut, basically. Now, it's worth noting soluble fiber can also bind to some vitamins and minerals still, so it can have uh, enormous impact on nutrient absorption in terms of the negative side of things. Now, insoluble fiber is precisely that. It doesn't dissolve on water and benefits uh, digestion by adding bulk to your stool to go through the toilet. Now, while fiber is vital for our digestive health, there are a lot of misconceptions about fiber. So, for starters, there's the uh, idea that because fiber is a bit more difficult for humans to digest, it's not a significant source of calories. This is misguided. This is while humans kind of com like completely like metabolize and digest fiber on their own. Our metabolism, sorry, get my words out. Our metabolism, is a mouthful, doesn't just consist of human cells. So our gut consists of colonies of bacteria, which I'm sure you've heard of. And these non-human like stowaways that live in our gut um, are like our own human cells are 10 to one in terms of ratio. And it turns out the bacteria in your gut can indeed break down fiber and they can do it quite easily. And when uh, bacteria in the gut breaks down fiber, you end up with short chain fatty acids. 
And guess who can metabolize short chain fatty acids? You got it, us, the body. So that's basically solves this issue. So it's estimated that short chain fatty acids produced in this way contribute somewhere to between one to three calories per gram of soluble fiber intake. So that's something really to be aware of. And then there goes the idea that like fiber is calorie free because a lot of people don't believe that. And it uh, makes the idea that you can like subtract f like fiber carbs from non-fiber carbohydrates, sorry, from, you can take non-fiber carbo fiber carbohydrates from non-fiber carbohydrates as laughable. So you see some protein carbs like carb bars, there'll be like a uh, low carb bar will be like net carb zero because they'll take off the fiber carbs, which in reality is the biggest load of bullshit in the world. So this is one of the big um, misconceptions in regards to fiber. Next, we're gonna talk about the secret um, number six, understanding the hierarchy and the importance of nutrition. So what's really important in terms of actually getting results? We'll talk about this in the six different things. Now, we're gonna talk of this on like a pyramid scale. So at the bottom of the pyramid, you have compliance, which is essentially my favorite sayings. If something's not um, attainable, it's not gonna be sustainable. Can you actually stick to it? Number two, calorie requirements. Are you in a calorie surplus to build muscle? Are you in a calorie deficit to burn body fat? Very, very simple. Number three, as we go up the pyramid, that gets smaller is less important. Exercise, are you working out? Are you doing the right type of exercises? Number four, self-monitoring. Are you doing check-ins? Are you aware of what's actually going on? Number five, macronutrients, your ratio of protein, fats, carbs. And then number six is supplements. So these are the order of what's most important. And you know it's compliance is the most important because Interesting, I've been training with a guy here who's uh, Jordan Shallows, the muscle doc, who's a G. And one of the things he keeps saying, like he, he's one of the best trainers in the world, super intelligent in terms of training trainers. And I ask him some in-depth questions. And he's like, does it really matter? Because the reality is the results come 95% of it from just turning up and working out and putting in hard work, not from moving your elbow angle by three degrees, which is where most people go, go wrong is they don't do the 95% of turning up and working hard. So think about compliance is very very important next on the pyramid as we go up in terms of level of importance caloric requirements now this is vital in terms of your goal if you're looking to build muscle and you're not in a, a surplus you won't have the raw material to do it if you're in a deficit and you're not actually um, consuming you're consuming too many calories your body cannot lose body fat it's that simple number three is obviously going to be exercise so if you need to burn more calories to put you in a deficit you're going to need to do cardio and you don't need to do weight training if you're looking to build more muscle mass if you're not doing those two things, it's not gonna actually help you. So um, this is something very, very important to be aware of. And the next like, layer of the pyramid is gonna be like self-monitoring. So doing your checkings, having data in terms of your progress. And these are things that are gonna see you get long-term success and weight loss. And this is how we get long-term success with clients. As we get to the top of the pyramid, we've got number five is macronutrients. So that's a breakdown of the fats, carbs, and proteins. Um, obviously, these will change as your goals change and as your progress changes. So that's something to be aware of. And then the final level of the hierarchy is, is supplements. So this is the icing on the cake and the last thing you really need. And too many people try and reach to this straight away. So think about that as the last thing you want to add on. The most stupid question I get asked is what creatine should I take or what whey protein? If you're asking that then and you've only just started, this is the wrong, wrong thing to think about. Now, secret number seven, I'll talk about the successful formula for calculating calories. So Everything that happens in your body is basically burning energy and burning fuel. So every breath you take, every move you make, and every bond you break is fueled by ATP. So you get the idea, probably a bit over the boards there. 
So your metabolism can vary significantly from person to person, regardless um, of who you are. So your BMR tends to like fluctuate quite a lot, and it can fluctuate over time through life, depending on stress, body composition, um, your age, your, your weight, whatever's going on at the time. So the interesting thing is in terms of the amount of calories you need, your BMR, which is your basal metabolic rate, consists of around 60% of our overall calorie energy expenditure. So this percentage will keep fluctuating as you become more active or less active. But in general, BMR is very, very important. So this is something you really want to be thinking about. And also something to be aware of is that if you're going into a strict, very strict diet and when people over diet, your BMR can actually reduce like quite drastically. So BMR can be reduced by as much as 15 to 13% per day where people's metabolism slow down, where they're dieting really, really poorly. So this is why we're very careful with clients that we work with to make sure we have the right amount of calories so the metabolism slows doesn't slow down so that's very very important to make sure you're in, you're in a good spot with your bmr so very very thing, important thing to be aware of now the next thing when it comes into talk about bmr is something called neat now neat is non-exercise activity thermogenesis and this is basically all movement you do so like i will track how many steps i do at the moment i'm trying to do around seventeen thousand steps a day in a fat loss phase and your NEAT, so your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, normally counts for around 25% of your overall energy expenditure. Whereas your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, is how many calories your body would burn if you just stayed in bed all day. Now, NEAT is probably one of the biggest variables in terms of improving your body's ability to burn body fat. So I'd be highly aware of how many uh, calories you're, eat you're eating and how many calories you're burning, because this is gonna help you in terms of your journey to losing more body fat. So. When it comes down to like actually working out how you need to be, how many calories you need to be eating on a very basic daily basis, you basically need to be looking at like what's your total daily energy expenditure. So we're going to look at a basal metabolic rate, so how many calories your body burns at rest, uh, a non-exercise activity thermogenesis, um, which is essentially us walking around, the thermic effect of food, plus our exercise activity. Those are the four things which are going to give you. Uh, a total amount of calories you're actually burning every day and that's going to be your basic, basically the summary of your calories in versus calories out equation so when you work that out you then have a very clear guide in terms of the amount of calories you should be needing now secret number nine the caloric formula for muscle building so there's a lot of uh common between programming nutrition for muscle gain and for fat loss uh, and the client like we work with sometimes we obviously have the goal to do both now, trying to do both is obviously something that can be quite challenging. And this comes down to using more of a nutrient timing approach in terms of having the right amount of um, carbohydrates in particular at the right time. So when you're looking to build muscle mass, I would always edge on the conservative side of things. So I would recommend we incrementally add 5 to 10% of calories on someone's TDE, so to total daily energy expenditure, and like slowly creep that out. And this is suitable for anyone interested in slowly, a slow and steady approach to building lean mus muscle mass without just adding body fat. Because what you don't want to do is add on loads of body fat because when that happens, your body composition will go very poorly, your hormonal system will go down poorly, you'll become more estrogenic, which means you're going to be more prone to storing more body fat. And it then becomes a ratio of you gaining more fat than muscle, which you then have to diet off, which is not going to be ideal. So... You can use more aggressive surpluses and sometimes for more advanced clients, I will do between 20 to 30% out the gate. But I wouldn't recommend you use much more than that because that's just going to be a recipe for uh, fat loss. Now, lastly, for this section of the top 10 secrets for fat loss and muscle building, we're going to talk to you about when to bulk or recomp. 
So this is a very common question I get. And firstly, there's a couple of things I would look at now. Like as a very experienced coach, I see this situation over and over and over again. So what I would really look at is in terms of people who have lots of body fat, if you have a lot of excess body fat, this makes it very difficult for you to train big movements uh, in the gym. And it's gonna make you very like inefficient in terms of from a hormonal profile to actually build muscle. So you definitely need to be losing body fat 100%. Even if you wanna add more muscle mass, you need to get the body fat off first. So I would suggest get yourself down to the stage where at least you're like 12 to 14% body fat. And then you can maybe do like a smaller gaining phase from there. Realistically, what I'd suggest that um, for people who are who are more advanced, I'd suggest you get down to the stage where you have abs before doing any sort of bulk. Now, people who are new to resistance training, you're into the world of wonderful joy where you're gonna be available for the newbie gains um, which can come with that which basically means your body's going to grow like crazy and lose body fat straight away and it's the same people when they've had a long time off training because um, their body is like a new stimulus and when your body's not done something before and it gets a reaction to it it's like holy shit let's build some more muscle mass to then accommodate this stress we're having on our system and that's why we come back to what we talked about earlier the protein intake is really really important so um, what I would suggest if you're in a situation where you're maybe like skinny fat, I would suggest what I do with clients, we tend to put you into like a maybe a small, small deficit or like a maintenance phase. And then in terms of calories, and we use the workouts and the nutrition to change your body composition and the training to build muscle mass and burn body fat. So these are the first 10 secrets in our series of the top 20 secrets to basically building the ultimate body in terms of and like diet secrets I use for building muscle and burning body fat. I hope this was helpful and insightful. So make sure you leave us a five-star review and check out the next episode part two, which will be coming soon. Make sure you leave us a five-star review on the podcast and make sure you drop us a comment below on the YouTube video, like and subscribe. And we'll see you next episode soon.